The following message extends the teaching or preaching ministry of Westminster Presbyterian Church of Lancaster, Pennsylvania, a congregation of the Presbyterian Church in America. The speakers you will hear may be our church pastors, lay teachers, or outside guest speakers. Please contact us for permission before reproducing this material in any format. May God bless your study of his word. Well, every man has a story to tell. Every man can tell something about trials, hardships, victories, blessings. Uh, But some men are great storytellers. And the, the man we have to speak tonight is an excellent storyteller. I've enjoyed my friendship with Eric and his wife Alice for almost five years now since they walked through the doors of our church, met them, I believe on one of their first Sundays here. And ever since I've known him, I've known a man with a big personality, a lot of passion, uh, doesn't do anything halfway, everything is all heart and all all, uh, all, all to the floor going, going forward. Um, one of the things my wife and I appreciate about Eric and, and his wife Alice is they love to talk about the Lord. They, they genuinely love to talk about God and what God has done in their life. And so really what I want to do for Eric tonight was just give him an opportunity to tell you his story. Uh, to tell you his story of, of what life was like before he met the Lord Jesus Christ. How he saw the world, how he conducted his business, how he viewed marriage, and, and also share with you how that has all changed since having met the Lord Jesus Christ. And as he's getting set up here with the, his sound, Eric, why don't you come on up? I think it looks like you're all set and ready to go. Uh, but uh, I'm excited for all of you to get a chance to hear this man's story about God's work in his life. All right, you didn't get the you didn't get the memo. That that is my work attire when I'm working down in the subway. I do got to ask you guys, what is going on? What is going on? I got here a little early, and um, I saw you guys keep filing in, and I said, "What the heck?" When Tucker first asked me to do this, I said, "All right." He's the pro. He knows what he's talking about. And uh, no problem. I'll go. Let's talk. And honestly, I thought it was going to be uh, me, him, and the state guys just staring at each other. <laughs> you know, actually, there it is. That's why. The sta- you state guys make some good stakes. But seriously, yeah. <laughs> but seriously, I am humbled by all you guys showing up here tonight. Um, to God be all the glory. Now, um, we don't have much time, and i got a lot to say, um, and I love to talk. Okay, here it is. I just read somebody's mind. My boys, they just thought, love to talk. They have no idea. Well... That is true. I don't know. You, you, you should have thought about maybe putting those little uh, red and green lights like in the debates or something like that to, to figure something out. Uh, wait, where's Dr. Rogers? He, prob- he-, <laughs> he probably has a hook under his table. He's going to be like, your time is over. I got to preach tomorrow. Come on. We got to go home. 
But my name is Eric Olenek. I'm a member here at Westminster Presbyterian Church uh, with my wife, Alice, who, um, who said, I want to hear you uh, talk tonight. And I said, no, you can't. And she said, no, really, I want to hear you talk. And I said, no, really, what don't you understand about a men's stakeout? Uh, and then she said, I'll put a disguise on and come. I said, please don't do that and get us both in trouble. Uh, so she is not here, thankfully. Thank you, Lord, for making that clear to her. And I have two boys, Nicholas and Christopher, and two little daughters, Gabriella and Danielle. My wife and I uh, moved down here about four years ago from New York City, and for about the same time, uh, we have been believers, have given our lives to Christ. Um, and so many different things happened since that time, um, and so many things I would like to share, but I'm going to briefly talk about what life and business was all about, what happened, and what life and business means today. What life and business was all about, what happened, and what life and business means today. I'm an electrical contractor in New York City. I work in New York City. I do public works. Most of the work that I do is for the New York City Transit Authority. That's the, the subway system out there. I've been doing electrical work for about 28 years now. So as I'm talking tonight, please get something out of it. Get something out of what I'm saying. If you're a Christian for as long as you could remember, get refreshed. Get reinvigorated in some new way. If you're a recent believer, then you could probably relate to a lot of my journey. But if you don't know Christ personally, and somehow, somehow you ended up here tonight, and you haven't given your life to him, if you haven't traded in all the false, hollow things you're chasing, then please pay special attention. Some things are not going to make sense. Some things you're going to say, no way, that is not true. But it is. It really is. See, I have to look at my life now as ACBC, after Christ and before Christ. Yes, I'm an electrician, so I would love to thought of something with ACDC, but I couldn't. So it's going to have to be AC. BC. So before Christ, all I wanted to talk about was work, work and business, business and money, 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 money. That's what we love to do all the time. No matter what I was, who I was talking to, no matter what the situation was, I wanted to talk about business and money. Somehow I would steer the conversation somehow, you know, I'd be with somebody, they'd say, I'd say, oh, look, a new baby. Oh, your new baby. Oh, this is so nice, your new little baby. Oh, gee, this is so swell. This is so swell. Do you know starting a business is like having a new baby? Did you know that? And I would segue. Did I drop that baby? And I would segue it in. But after Christ, all I want to do is talk about Christ. 
Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. That is all I want to do. I love to do it. So get this. Tonight, I get to talk about work and Jesus. How awesome is that? That is great. Thank you, Westminster, for that. So on your invite, you may have seen, it says, uh, what it means to do business unto the Lord. Well, before Christ, the Lord, are you kidding me? No way, not true, impossible, you got to be kidding. I know what life is all about. Life is all about making money. Money, money, money. More money, ah, more happiness. More money, more power. More money, more me. Me, me, me. It really is all about me. The more money I have, the less I need anybody else. See, let me tell you how it started. I I moved out of my house when I was 18 years old. I discovered something. You ain't going to believe this. Did you guys know that food doesn't automatically cook itself and appear on your dinner table? Or your refrigerator doesn't restock itself? Amazing. I had to work. I had to get a job. Remember, it's all about money. So after doing about a million different jobs, I had an epiphany. Ah, I'm going to be an electrician because people are afraid of electricity. So if they're afraid of electricity, I'll make more money. That's a great idea. But I was also afraid of electricity. (laughs) You see, it started... It started when I was a little kid in grammar school. You know, you do the science projects, and I loved it. You get a big dry cell battery with the little springs on top, and you connect the wires with little switches and little light bulbs, and you connect the circuit properly. You close the switch, the light came on. It was so cool. I loved it. I loved it so much that one one day, me and my little brother, we were little kids, Snuck into my father into the basement by my father's workshop, and he had a great bench there. It had all kinds of old coffee cans full with gadgets and things and switches and sockets and wire. So what are we going to do? We're going to make a little circuit. We got all different components and parts and started to put them together. And what is at the end of the workbench? A receptacle, a 110-volt receptacle. So you know what I did. I plugged my wires into the outlet. It's true. It was so awesome. Everything worked. The switches worked. The lights were so bright, so much better than the cheesy little bulbs in school. It was awesome. Until all of a sudden, boom. I was like, what the heck just happened? It was a flash. There was a spark. It was like a mini little explosion, smoke and everything like that. I was like, oh, we did something wrong here. So, uh, yes, I too was afraid of electricity. So how I got into the trade, how I got into the trade, uh, truth is stranger than fiction. Trust me, you can't make this stuff up. So I'm chasing the big dollars now, right? So I got to get a job. I got to be an electrician. So after calling every single help wanted ad for electrician, nobody wanted to hire me because I didn't have experience. I was like, what the heck is going on here? 
I mean, I try. Yeah, um, hi, no, I don't have any experience, but I'm a very hard worker. Click. Um, no, no, I don't have any experience, but I, I'm a quick learner. I really am a quick learner. Click. Ah. <clears throat> yeah, hello. Um, no, I don't have any experience, but I'm willing to work for free if you would just train me. Click. You gotta be kidding me. No dice. I was like, this is ridiculous. So, what is a troublemaker from Brooklyn like me to do? Lie. Lie. I was a regular con man. Well, a con kid. I, I have a plant at home on my windowsill that reminds me of my conning days. Yes, a plant. You see, it's nice looking. It looks really good. Uh, the dirt smells nice. I water it. But mixed in with the real plant is fake plants. That's the perfect con. You mix in a lie with the truth. So, what do I do? I'm from Brooklyn. Open up the Brooklyn Yellow Pages. Flip open to the electrical contractors. Write some names down. And some companies I worked for, like ABC Construction, became ABC Electric. <laughs> Presto, I got my experience. Now all I have to do is look for a job out of Brooklyn. And I did. An ad came out in Staten Island. Electrician wanted. I was quick to call him up and quick to tell him about all the experience I now had. So I got an interview. I went in. I got to meet with the owner. Owner gets me in there, sits down, a big guy, fancy diamond pinky ring. I'm sitting there. And he says, so tell me about your experience. What kind of work did you do? Electrical. <laughs> No, I know electrical. Did you do residential, industrial, or commercial? <laughs> um, yeah, all of them. I did all of them. Okay, okay, come over here. Can you read blueprints? I was like, I never saw a blueprint in my life. I thought, I said, this will be fun. And in his office, he had a big blueprint table, and he plops down these big blueprints, unrolls them, and I'm like, this looks like Chinese to me. And it was a, a development, new construction development in Staten Island of all townhomes. And he leans over and he says, and, and there's these lines going all around in, in what appears to be the apartments. And he goes, like, you see this line? And this one line had two little hash marks on it. And he goes, like, you notice there's a two-wire, right? And then real quick, I look over there, and there's a line with three hash marks on it. I say... Of course, and that's a three-wire. I know it goes from here to here. I'll do this in my sleep. Come on. I got hired. I got hired. He says, start right away. I fly home to Brooklyn. I go to an electrical supply house in my neighborhood. In a panic, I get to the guy at the counter. I say, okay, what kind of tools do electricians use? I need to buy tools. Because I'm starting right away. So... I show up on the job site, and I'm on a construction site, and there's the foreman, and he's yelling out to the guys, you two, first house, you two, second house, you two, third house, and everybody gets dispersed, you know? So what do I do? 
I meet my guy that I'm going to work with, and I just do everything he does. He walks over to me and says, hey, what's up? I went, hey, what's up? The guy hands us a little page of a blueprint, and then he goes, everybody grab a roll of two wire and grab a roll of three wire. I said, oh, like the blueprint. There it is, two and three wire. Get this. And what the guy did, he bends down, he picks up, he picks up the heavy spools. I did the same exact thing. He picked them up on his arms and smiled, and he started walking to the house. I started walking to the house. We walked in the house together, dropped the cable down. He says, all right, I'm going to do this side, and you're going to do that side. I'm like, is there any other way? Isn't that how you do it? Come on. So I watch him. He takes his blueprint. He walks over to one side. He hammers it up on the wall. And I'm looking at him. I do the same thing. I hammer up my blueprint on this side of the wall. And everything he does, I'm looking. I do the same thing. He picks up a box. He starts nailing. I start doing the same thing. Sooner or later, he comes over to me. He goes, what the heck are you doing? What are you doing? I said, electrical work. <laughs> Residential. He goes over to my blueprint on the wall. It's true. He's like, it's upside down. So I fessed up, and I, I don't remember. I made some deal with him. Either I was giving him cash every day, or I said, you're going to get a portion of my paycheck. Please don't rat me out. I'm starving. I need this job. I really want to do this for a living. Please don't rat me out. It was that moment. He's just looking at me like I was crazy. Like, this kid, what? Are you kidding me? And he thought, I held my breath. Okay, sounds good. Let's do this. And we worked. And I started becoming an electrician. So, so th through some other weird coincidences, I ended up being an electrical contractor. And I finally started my own business. D&E Electrical Contractors, Inc., Time went on, and the company grew to one of the largest and most well-respected electrical contracting firms in all New York City. We broke all records. We did things that no other electrical contractor ever did in New York City's history, period. Everything was good. As business flourished, everything was okay. So I thought. See, I worked my way up. Over time, made money, and I did life. I was married, so I did the American thing. I had a few kids. I got the big house, white picket fence, and then I did another American thing. I got divorced. So looking back, I say to myself, boy, oh boy, is this really what it's all about? And then I said to myself, now, now this is AC after Christ. I see how many parents pray for their children. They pray for their kids to come to know the Lord. And I see that's the natural progression. It makes sense to me. But in my case, it was the other way around. My kids who gave their lives to Christ were preaching to me. See, my ex-wife, Lisa, was a lot like me. She loved money. She loved money. 
Time went on after our divorce, and I got a phone call, and she said, I'm getting married. I say, yippee. And then she said to me, I just want you to know I'm marrying a born-again Christian. And it was like a deer in the headlights. What was my, my first reaction was like anybody else, right? I called up the boys, and we're going to bump this guy off. There is no way this guy is going to be my kid's father, this born-again Christian. I didn't even know what a born-again Christian was. Now I think about it, I was like, I didn't even know. But this I know. My ex-wife said to me, Eric, listen to me. I know you don't believe in this God stuff. I know it. I know you think it's not true. I know that you told me when you die, you're just pushing up daisies and the worms are eating you. But God is real. Whether you believe it or not, doesn't matter. Whether you believe it or not, doesn't change it. It's real. That Jesus Christ that you watch, Eric, on TV around Easter time is real. Jesus Christ really is God. He came to planet Earth a few thousand years ago. He really died on a cross, really rose from the dead, is in heaven. You can't see him, but he's still real. And Eric, he died for you. I was like, she's crazy. This is impossible. I said, wait a second, this is a scam. She wants some more money from me somehow, some angle she's weaving in. But it was not, she wasn't, there was no angle. She couldn't hold her breath for that long. She changed. She absolutely, unequivocally changed. Everything I knew about this girl changed a new creation that was irrefutable. I may not believed in God. I may not even want to ponder it at that, at that point in time, but it was unquestionable that she was a new person. So, life goes on. I smiled, made money. If I didn't smile, I didn't care. Just give me my money. Leave me alone. It's amazing how we try to fix our human problem, our human condition, that deep deep feeling inside of us that something is missing. Something is missing. There's got to be something else. Who am I? Where did I really come from? What is my purpose? I have to have a purpose. What happens after I die? It's like an old car I had that was broken and kept getting more broken. And you know how I fixed it? I made the radio louder. I make the radio louder, I didn't hear a thing. I made that radio louder. The more broke it was, the louder I made it, and it drowned out all the problems. Don't miss that. Don't miss that. It drowns them out. It doesn't fix them. I got to show you something. So I got this thing over here. You guys probably can't see it in the back, but it's... uh. There's Donald Duck sitting in there, and he's sitting on a pile of gold, and there's a little stock market ticker tape thing around here, and he's got all money. It's broken now, uh, but you used to wind it up and made music, 
And then it actually had like a little circulator in it. And look what it did. It made all money fly around. Look at that. All money was flying around him. And he's sitting back smiling. And he's on top of a oh, little music. It, <laughs> it's still not dead. He's sitting on top of a pile of gold. You know what's interesting? Because I'm such a new believer, I could remember like it was yesterday when I read the Bible. And I could remember my reactions to reading the Bible for the first time. And I remember in the back of the Bible, it talked about when we go to heaven, heaven is going to have the streets paved in gold. I was like, wow, gold. That is awesome. How cool is that? Could you imagine that? But now I realize, now I realize that God knew, that God knows money is a crazy snare to us humans. Money, there's something about money. I can't explain it. There is something about money that gets into our humanness that touches a nerve. You want to talk about demonic possession? We're money possessed. It's something. So much so that God said, God said, you dummies, gold, money, it's so important to you. It's so important to you. It means so much to you down on earth. When you're up here in my presence, it means nothing. I'm going to pave the streets on it. And we're going to walk on it. That's, that's what I believe God thinks about us and our money. So... That little Donald Duck smiley thing that I just showed you, I hope to keep my whole life because that is a sad reminder of me, to, to me of who I was. My boys gave me that for Christmas one year. They probably don't even remember. And what blows my mind is that these two little kids at that age probably didn't understand much, but they understood that made me happy. And they knew that was the center of my life. How sad is that? Well, talking about money, monopoly, right? I think almost everybody here has heard of the game monopoly. I hope, I hope, I think a bunch of you guys have played monopoly. Right? Picture it in your mind. Picture it. You're throwing the dice. You see the board. You could yell out. Yell out some things to me as you're playing Monopoly. What do you see? Park Place. Boardwalk. Jail. Oh, I can relate. Anything else? Pennsylvania Avenue. That's, that's okay. That's right. Pennsylvania. That's a good one. Isn't it funny what you guys just said? Nobody said the object of the game. Nobody said the object of the game. Isn't that so funny? Isn't that so much like our lives? We're so smart. We know, hey, we're Americans. We know everything. We put a man on the moon. We are in a modern world. We're in a part of history where we got everything figured out. I could have a conference call today with my cordless laptop on my belly in bed looking at 10 other people on the planet earth at the same time looking at them and talking to them come on but but 
Ask most of the, those people. Ask most of the people, our fellow humans, why are we here? What is our purpose? Now, if you're a follower of Christ, you know, you know you are to serve and enjoy our living God. You know where we came from. You know our purpose. You know what it's all about. You know what's going to happen when we die. But the world is clueless. Most of us don't know the object of the game. Oh, we know about Boardwalk and Park Place. We know about our jobs and money and all that stuff. We know about going around the board, you know, collecting $200 every time you go. We know about what makes us feel good, right? We get knocked around once in a while. But we don't know the main point of our very existence. The Bible says, wide is the gate. And broad is the path that leads to destruction, and many shall enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow is the path that leads to life, and few shall find it. God knew. God knows that most of the world is in the dark. Try this experiment when you've got nothing to do. Ask somebody. Go ask your friends, your family, your neighbors, your co-workers. The old lady online behind you in Turkey Hill say, excuse me, um, why are we here? Uh, yeah, what's our purpose? A purpose. Yeah, what is our purpose? I'm sure some of you have heard the story about how God has had me on the, the slow, scenic plan in my life. And I tell the story about how I was like a, a, a dead mummy. Okay, yeah, so if you're a mummy, I hope you're dead. And I, you're wrapped up. And God slowly started to unwrap me, slowly started to let light come in. Light and truth starts filtering in. My boys are telling me about God. I saw them get baptized. Five Christian brothers start working for me at the same time. Hmm. Lights coming in. Questions are popping into my head. Could this be real? Could this be real? Is this possible? Is it possible that God is real? What if? What if he is real? And it was the final unwrapping that I was in a back pew of this sanctuary, of this church, listening to Dr. Rogers explain a part of the Bible. At that very moment, Jesus turned the lights on. He let me see truth. At that very moment, I saw everything. It was like in the movie The Matrix. You remember that movie where Neo finally gets unplugged from the network and for the first time sees the real world. He sees truth. It's amazing. It's amazing to me that physically, physically, nothing changed. Nothing changed. But Everything I saw, 
The entire world, everything I knew was different. The same homeless person was still there. The same kids starving in Africa were still there. The same hurting people and in need in my own neighborhood were still there. They were always there. Now I could see them. You see, after Christ, it's a whole new ball game. It is a game changer. It is a life changer. It truly is a new birth. Like everything else Jesus said, he was right on when he said, we are born again. I should have wore a sign that says, under new management. Work, life, purpose, everything, everything, everything was turned upside down on its head. No, no, everything was turned upside down on its head. Jesus turned it upright. So now I have this new operating system inside me that puts away all my old lying, cheating, scamming, cursing, etc., 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 and sets me on a new course. I now have the Holy Spirit living inside of me. I don't know how that works. I can't explain it to you. I can't let you see an x-ray of me and find it. I can't say, oh, you need, a, you need an extra cup and a half of the Holy Spirit. I can't do that. But I know it works. I know it's inside me. I don't have to understand something to figure out it works. I know it works because it directs me. It now directs me. And I could see the end result is what I care about of how I now act and what comes out of my mouth. You see, I take, I take some medicine every single day. Uh, I, guess, I guess if I stopped taking it, I would die. And some dude in a white lab coat with a stethoscope on his neck and some piece of paper and frame nailed to his wall said to me, you need to take this every day, you're going to die. And I said, okay, okay, I'll take it. Can I explain to you how that medicine affects my molecules and blood cells in my heart and blood pressure? No. Can I give you a chemical equation of how that medicine works? No. I don't care. It just works, and I take it. So now, now you've got this troublemaker, foul-mouthed construction worker and business owner changed right in front of the eyes of all my workers, all my fellow contractors, and all my business associates. They couldn't understand it. They said, no way. They said, hey, wait a second. Eric, many of them said, Eric, wait, 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 wait a second. Wait, I got to talk to you. I know you a long time. You're not crazy. What the heck is going on? This is impossible. This is impossible. You are like a, a whole new person. This is impossible. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? One day, I'm walking down the crowded streets of Manhattan, 
And I ran into some guys that used to work for me. And by now the news traveled everywhere. Eric's a born-again Christian. Eric's a born-again Christian. The stories were rampant. But it doesn't matter because as the Lord allows one at a time, I will explain to them the good news of Jesus Christ. On this one day, this kid says to me, Oh, I see. Yeah, so so something bad had to happen to you, Eric, and then you woke up or saw things differently. I went, yeah, praise God. And he said, well, it seems to me like only when people face something major and something huge in their life happens, something bad, then they find religion. I said, I don't know. Does it matter? I don't care. Whatever it takes to get our attention. See, okay, ready? You got you to work with me now. Picture in your mind. I want you to really picture something so you could almost transform and feel exactly like what I'm going to tell you. And you are that person. Think you're a pig. Okay? You're a, we're pigs. Oh, and we're in our nice big mud pools. We're splashing around. We're so happy in our mud pools. We got nice. We have built-in mud pools. We're sitting back. We have pina coladas with little umbrellas in them. We're sipping. We got sunglasses on. What's a, uh, what's a female pig called? Sow. And we could grab any sow that we want anytime. Doesn't matter if we're married. We're pigs. Just get the sow. We could go on our little piggy computers. Oh, yeah, and they are piggy. And let me get some sow porn on there. We would be so happy kicking around in our mud all the time, smiling and laughing, not a care in the world, not worrying about anything, that we are so oblivious to the big sign out front that says, ham sale tomorrow. (laughs) See, we would be staying all in our little me worlds, caring only about ourselves, looking only to please our flesh right up until ham sale day. So yes, Lord, thank you for using something to wake me up and get my attention. So, I'm getting there. I'm almost done. How did, how did my business life, how did it change? It changed in every single way. My business was absolutely and radically changed. The very purpose Now that I knew who I was, where I came from, what my purpose was, where I was going, my business purpose was now clear to serve God, to glorify God and show the world every aspect of my new being so that the world may see Christ through me and my actions. And my actions. The Christian life personifies the saying, Talk is cheap. See, God sent Paul to prison so he could share the good news of Christ to an otherwise unapproachable special elite section of gods. Thankfully, that wasn't God's plan for me, even though it was close a few times. But now I am in a New York City, big union, big construction world, And I got to tell you, I think it is just like the 1040 window of darkness. My plan, Lord willing, is to tell everyone, uh, even better, show everyone. In, In my type of business, at that level, 
Your attorneys and your accountants, your CPAs, are an integral part of your team. And the accountants, and let me just say this in case there are any here, it's not all accountants, and maybe it's only the group in construction in New York City, but most of the accountants, their badge of honor was like how much they could get you to cheat. It's how much they could get away with, with you. The gray area was scammed. Don't worry about this. You'll never get caught. I've done it this way before. And you get sucked up and you go with it. I tell my account now, there, there, there used to be a commercial on TV years ago. It was for Hebrew National Franks. And it had a guy dressed up like Uncle Sam. I don't know if anybody remembers that. And he's talking, there's a narrator talking in the background. And he looks up to heaven and the narrator says, we have to answer to a higher authority. I tell that to my accountant. He can't believe it. I tell him, I don't care. Is that shady? No good. Is that for Gazy? Get it out of here. Pay it. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's. I got to tell you, I think the best thing the internal revenue service could do to increase their revenue is to promote the good news of Jesus Christ. I'm telling you. I'll, t- <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you another story about how my work in the transit authority, uh, one of the things we have to do with all our fittings and our brackets and everything, we have to do a special coating called hot dip galvanizing, and it's very expensive. Then after you get it hot dip galvanized, you have to do a special painting process. The hot dipping is very expensive. Nobody does it. Nobody does it. They paint it. Nobody could check. Nobody will ever know. I now know. You could ask Jeff Tack. Actually, if anybody ever needs any kind of metal work fabrication, go see Jeff. He's a genius. You could ask Jeff how I sent them a whole bunch of material once, and my guy in the warehouse said, uh, yeah, you, you bought hot dipped. I said, yeah, I know, hot dipped. That's what we do now. No, 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 Eric. You don't understand. Nobody does hot dip. Nobody. It's too expensive. You won't be competitive. Nobody does it. I said, we do now. And we did it. And I'm going to tell you something uh, that for me is a a real right cuts to the chase. In the electrical business, we're dealing with copper. So we're always pulling out old copper wires, copper bus bars. Copper is a precious metal. It is like gold. You would go to a a scrap guy, a junkie guy, you hand him the copper, he hands you cash. It's unbelievable. So, uh, and it has a term for it. I don't know where the term came from, but it's called Mongo. So the Mongo, everybody's like, did you get any Mongo? Did you get any Mongo? got Mongo? And because of the, the business of these scrap guys is like this fagazi cash business, there must be some kind of rules from the government that uh, if the scrap guy gets a receipt signed uh, with the amount on it, they're off the hook. That had to be because all these scrappy guys would say, you just got to sign it, sign a ticket, sign a ticket, sign a ticket. I signed all the time. George Washington, Mickey Mouse. We would put little lines on there that was just like a scribbly line. They didn't care. Now, now, after Christ, it's like, give me a minute, Joe. Give me a minute. I want to write clear. Here's my name. Here's my signature. You want my social security number? How about a thumbprint? You want a thumbprint? Everything, everything changes after Christ. You see, when, when you get, it's hard to explain, but before Christ, 
when you get tons of this cash, it's hard. It, it's like a euphoric feeling. It's like a drug. It's like a drug. You're like a giggling little kid. You can't even believe it. But after Christ, depositing that cash was so amazing. I took a bunch of cash with a deposit receipt after Christ and gave it to my guy, and he just stared at me. Boss, you're putting cash in the bank. I was like, isn't that a novel idea? <laughs> I said, go deposit the money. But boss, boss, this is from the Mongo. Go put the cash in the bank. He was in shock. And I got to tell you this. While, while the cash used to feel so good after Christ, that feeling of depositing cash into the bank was so much, much more fulfilling, so much more deep, I can't describe it. It's like a little kid taking his first steps and looking to his parents about how proud he was. I looked to my father in heaven and felt like I cannot describe to you as he took my one main vice of my love of money, he took it from me. Glory be to God, my creator, for letting me tap into a feeling that I never felt before. See, my identity was only about money. In the Bible, there's a story about the rich man and Lazarus. And it's not the Lazarus that was dead and got rose. This was about uh, uh, Lazarus, the poor beggar, and the rich man. And isn't it fascinating how God chose not to give a name to the rich man? He's faceless. His identity was with his money. Money is no longer my identity. I am by no means perfect. Let me say that so you guys in the back can hear me. I am by no means perfect. And this side of eternity, I will not be. I am a work in progress. But what is finished is my identity is now with Christ. I will serve him and enjoy him and work for him in whatever capacity he chooses and wherever he places me. See, once I got over the shock that Jesus died for me, and hopefully I never get over it, that I wanted to do something different, something more. Uh, so I wanted to be more bold. So we started a new company uh, called Trinity Electrical. Trinity Electrical Group. So it could be out in everybody's face. We made a big logo with three lightning bolts. And on top it said, let it shine I wanted everybody to know, no matter who they were, they saw my letterhead, asked me questions, what is this trinity? I thought this was the way to go. This is the way, Lord, now I'm with you, let's go. This story tonight has a funny ending. I don't have enough time to explain it to you, but I'm going to give it to you in a sentence or less. I'm part of a little union in New York City that's been fighting for 40 years against a big, huge union. I mean fighting. When I started, I, I got two sets of stitches. I used to carry a gun in my tool bag. But now, every, all the fight is in the courts. 
And just recently, New York City signed a law called a PLA, a Project Labor Agreement. And what that law says is that if you're not part of that big union, you can no longer work for New York City, period. As crazy as it sounds, I don't have the time to talk about it, but we sued New York City. We lost. We're on appeal right now. So it seems, it's amazing to me, but it looks like God is closing a very long chapter in my life. But get this. My purpose did not just get obliterated. I did not just get obliterated. It was not about some material finish line. It's about serving God. So I'll move on, and he'll direct me. So in closing, if somebody brought you here, if somehow you ended up here tonight and you don't know Christ, I mean, if you don't know him personally, if you didn't give your entire life to him, what does that mean? What does that boil down to? Listen, it's a simple test. Jesus Christ must be the number one most important thing in your life, period. You cannot lose him. You can lose your career. You can lose your money, your 401k, your wife, your kids, your comforts, your health, your very life. But you can't lose Christ. If you can't say that, you didn't pass the test. Listen up. Ham sale day is coming and you don't know when. Does anyone know the exact time and day they're going to die? No. Then logic dictates it could be any time. It could be this very night. Listen. Fellow humans, fellow men, brothers, you cannot brush this off. Since you don't know when you're going to die, and eternity is a really, really long time, Don't go down that broad path to destruction. Get to church. Get to any church. Of course, you're invited to this church. You come sit with me every Sunday. Get to any Bible-believing and preaching church. It is too important. If you have not given your life to Christ, if you don't know who you are, if you don't know why you are created, if you don't know what your purpose is, pray to him. Pray to him that he'll open your eyes, that he'll turn the lights on, that he'll reveal himself to you. And when that day comes, strap on your seatbelts and prepare to be amazed. Thank you for listening. May God bless you. Thank you. Thank you.